No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the podcast about our shared inevitable demise. I am your host, John Toyson, and joining me this week on the program once again is nobody. I've got uh, plans in the future here for some guests coming up, but in the moment I am still continuing on with the series of Consciousness After Death and what that is and how that works and what it could possibly mean for us. Um, I wanted to delve further into some of that today and continue the (laughs) madcap joy that is me just turning over rocks inside my mind and saying, what is under here? What are we doing? Why am I doing this? Um, Before I get into that... um, just want to say thank you for listening. I appreciate it. As always, it blows my mind that anybody would ever take the time out of the day to listen to this, considering the subject matter, especially this time of year. If you are at all in the Western culture, it is Christmas time um, within the next week. So uh, if you're listening to this, uh, my condolences. Hopefully you've got people checking on you. This is not meant to be a statement making light of suicide or depression, but um, yeah, it's not generally um, embraced to be looking at Uh, you know, cosmic morbidity uh, around the time of the holidays. Everybody's supposed to be in a great mood. Um, So thank you for listening is what I'm trying to say. Um, I appreciate it. Um, If you've got questions, comments, thoughts, feedback, you guys know how to get a hold of me generally uh, at yourdead2 on Twitter or Instagram or yourdead2 at gmail.com. I'm available via the internet if you want to yell at me, criticize me, share things, give congratulations or say thank you, whatever you want to do. I'm here for it. Uh, I don't want to be a particular filter for only looking for one kind of thing. I don't really have a big agenda with doing this podcast. I just really like talking about this stuff, and uh, this is just kind of a a journey into the center of the mind as well as the cosmos at large. So I don't, you know, I'm not looking for a particular bent of things here. I just like digging into this stuff, and if it benefits me, great. And if it benefits anybody else, icing on the cake. So... As always, I'm very thankful. Thank you for listening. I'll shut up about that now. Um, One other minor thing. Uh, So like I said, Christmas is coming up. I still intend on releasing a podcast next week. Um, Unless, you know, something horrible happens with the weather here or something completely unexpected. Still intending to have an episode up uh, next week. So um, (laughs) look for that if you want to escape some of the madness of the holidays. Uh, You know... My intention, certainly at this point, is to just continue on with uh, consciousness after death and see how this works. Um, But, uh, you know, if I get a big overwhelming push, maybe I'll do something holiday-related. I don't know. But um, (laughs) I've been uh, really working on uh, myself and not, um, I don't know, not taking myself too seriously. My therapist was very kind when I had some... um, kind of not regression but like depression and anxiety are things that can just come roaring out of nowhere apropos of nothing you know there's no instigating thing or no inciting incident it's just suddenly oh by the way this thing that you thought you kicked is just it's still a shitty thing that's anchored to you and you will always have this but just do whatever you can to kind of um you know jujitsu to take the momentum of it and just kind of pass it along. I think that's jiu-jitsu, maybe it's kung fu. I don't know. I'm not an expert in martial arts, but the point is to take whatever mojo the universe throws at you and just kind of empty hand to redirect that uh, energy and say, not today. No, thank you. I recognize that that's a thing, but I'm going to just pass that along and say, I don't want to take that. So I've been, you know, really concertedly 
working on that and trying to be a better person and just, you know, trying to be a good husband, be a good father, be a good friend, be just a good citizen of the world. I know how trite and cliche that sounds. You can bite me if you got a problem with it. Um, what I'm saying is I, I try to work on myself. I go to therapy. I try to listen. I try to meditate uh, daily. And it's been really interesting for me to see the flip side of that, which has been um, as <laughs> as background noise for some kind of mindless tasks of like stamping envelopes and stuff and, um, you know, household chores. There's been a lot of uh, ambient um, bummer documentaries on about cults and religions and things. And then in particular, um, Scientology and the Aftermath, the uh, Leah Remini show on A&E. Um, and then certainly, you know, uh, their look at, uh, well, I, okay, maybe I should just not name names. Um, but the political landscape of the modern world that we're living in, um, it's just, it's shocking to see the disparity between looking inward and self-reflection and looking for self-improvement and how that's just diametrically opposed to ego and conquest and this insatiable need for more. It's what I've said um, to my better half, and you know I have to kind of delicately put this here because it can sound like a veiled threat, and I promise it is not. It's just it's a it's a question that I ask myself: Have all of these dipshits forgotten that they're dead too? That it comes for all of us. That nobody escapes this, but just it's like being afraid of the cosmic void that is blackness out in space, just eons of darkness and eternity and going on inside your house and just turning on all the lights and playing music really loud. Like, you can make all this cosmic bluster that you want. You're dead too. This comes for us all. You know, if I've gotten particularly frustrated with the political landscape or people that are just going to forever be in power, there, time comes for everyone. All dictators fall. All, you know, all bad men eventually crumble to dust. There's no escaping that. There's no immortality. We all will pass. And yet, I don't know, maybe I'm just being uh, cliched hippie. I don't know. You know, it's it's easy to say this stuff when I've got few other concerns beyond keeping those around me healthy and happy. And I just... It's shocking. It's just, it really is. It's jarring to work so hard on myself and try to be a better person and try to be more peaceful and mindful and, you know, have a more centered existence or like be present in my own life. And then just, just, you can turn on the TV and just see big, bold letters, just assholes on parade. (laughs) People that seem to forget uh, this, your own life will also end someday. And the only legacy that we guarantee that we have is what other people will say about us until those people are also dead. So, hey, you know, I mean, everybody's got different priorities, different motivators, different things that they're after in this world. It just, it's real surprising to see what uh, motivates people. But I don't know. I just, uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm just going to let them go be them. Let's look at consciousness and death. (laughs) 
Okay, so uh, potentially troubling statements aside, what I wanted to look at again this week is uh, consciousness after death and how that potentially works and actually stemming from what I was just saying, the point is to this week look at what I talked about previously as the assumed arrogance of dead over, of just the idea that it's not anything beyond this. Um, it's something that I keep coming back to certainly from my own experience and my own mindset of I've been there. You know, I I was raised fairly middle-of-the-road religious, not particularly dogmatic or strident. You know, it was something that I was raised alongside of and not necessarily to uphold arbitrarily and blindly. No, I just, I was raised in a Christian household. Some of that stuff stuck, some of it didn't. And, you know, I don't mean to bum out my parents with, you know, they did a great job. It's just, it's not everything is going to fit for every person. That, you know, they could have had a thousand iterations of John and, you know, maybe a hundred of them really take religion well. Maybe a hundred of them turn out to be Buddhist monks, and then a hundred of them turn out to be, um, you know, devout Scientologists. I don't know. But this particular iteration of me, I took some of it. Basically, just don't be a dick and try to leave the place better than you found it. You know, camping rules. Just take out whatever you bring in with you and leave it better than you found it. Also, I was a Boy Scout for a little bit. That's, I mean, maybe that's where that comes from. But... Um, like I've said previously, I had my militant phase of just, it. when you're dead, it's over, that's it, lights out, everything's done. And as I've gotten, you know, quote-unquote older, I'm barely 36, I've softened and certainly been more open to things. It's certainly more of an open um, questioning existence in that I don't think I have any answers. I've got some ideas. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to formulate them. You know, I, I'm struggling to kind of come up with the grand, you know, <laughs> unifying theory of my own bullshit. But I I still, you know, I've got some basic tenets that I try to live by and try to find some solace for the day-to-day -day chaos that is the world and be able to, you know, find peace of mind and be able to put my head to the pillow in the morning, to the end of the night, and then, you know, wake up in the morning and think, okay, let's do this. Because I've had jobs that make me dread getting out of bed in the morning. I've also had things that make me so blissed out and content when I hit the pillow at night that I just can't believe I've had that kind of a day. I mean, there's just, I've seen the pendulum swing both directions and I'm, I'm appreciative of that um, long-term balance of, you know, I was raised with a moral framework, at least, you know, that was given consideration in my household and not just like, I don't know, figure it out for yourself. No, there was definite, like, it would be in your best interest in the world at large if you do. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. The point is, what I've talked about before where I keep running into this notion of the, I talk about the assumed arrogance of it, that it's, it's and maybe it's how I read things, but when... I have asked people about it in my life. There, I mean, you can hear the examples of what I get from people on the podcast, and that's so much of the fun of this for me is just getting people's different perspectives and finding out how they view the world and how it affects them. But I've seen a lot of um, 
it feels almost like a knee-jerk reaction of just, well, there's no evidence for anything beyond this, so it's just when you're dead, it's over. I didn't remember anything before I was born. When I die, the whole thing turns off, and that's it. And I can understand that. I've, I've been a strict adherent of that. There's comfort in that, knowing that this is all there is. Best case scenario, there's something beyond this, but you know, worst case, it's this and nothing else. And yeah, I get it. I, I'm sympathetic to it, but I don't necessarily groove to it at this particular point in my life. I'm sure it'll change. I'm sure it'll be, you know, I'll get into some weird shit down the line that's not based on anything in particular, but just some feelings that I've had. But, you know, I can be callous and dismissive and make dumb jokes about how I read this stuff, and I don't mean to just dismiss it out of hand because I want to certainly give it its own credence. So it's... It helps establish parameters to think that it might all just turn off. You know, I don't know if I was particularly basing it on materialism or, you know, um, physicalism or whatever that you would want to just assume that the mind is the brain and nothing more, that it's a neurochemical state given rise to by certain biological components that um, through the course of evolution and millions and millions of years of refinement and trial and error that, it, you know, not planned trial and error, but evolutionary divergence and, you know, mutations that something happens and that something gives a spark and here we are. And I can certainly see as like cosmic book ends to your life. Yeah, I don't remember coming online. I, I just remember being very, very small as my earliest memories. You know, I remember being ballpark like two years old. I don't remember much further back than that. And, I, you know, maybe there was no consciousness before that. Maybe that I have a child, you know, she, she was born. I was there in the room. She arrived here. Uh, seemingly as the whole person, you know, I've seen her come online and be this wonderful little person that just is full of life and has her own opinions about things and her own interactions and perspectives on things. And I, it's such a delight, but like, I have no basis for when that started. Like what, and this gets into all sorts of heavy and heady religious stuff about when does life begin? And yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I do know that it, there has to be some chemical starting point of sperm and egg and when those two connect that there's something there like a chain reaction that starts is there a magic thing that happens there no idea but for all i know there's nothing you know and then it's just something grows and grows and grows and grows from that and if that's the case this is a miracle i think this is just even if you look at it strictly in the materialist view of just just what's here that to me is miraculous and strange and wonderful that out of all of this in the grand cosmos, out of all of this in eons and eons of infinitesimal space, that it, there's us, you know, and we have culture and we made computers and we have shoes and things that we have given some kind of like moral judgment to. Like this is wild that there is anything here at all whether or not there's anything beyond this level of it. So that even if we're just going from a strict reductionist, you know, 
just the physics-based view of the world that that to me still seems strange and special not in a mystical in a mystical way but it seems like that is also unique enough of a thing that why would you not give that some semblance of importance you know that's and that kind of feels like part of what I'm, and you can hear me using these wiggle words and like talking about how shit feels as though I have any kind of basis for this stuff. But like when I read people's take on their existence and what it drives them to say that when they're dead, it's just over, that it's almost like it's shortchanging what's happening now of like the lights on, but then it turns off eventually like, yeah, but the light being on in the first place is just that's mind-blowing to me that it's it's on at all um and maybe i'm naive maybe i'm idealistic i i don't know and life is difficult enough that i would like to just <laughs> i would like to cling to whatever little joy i have so i'm sorry if that is somehow um distasteful if that is uh, or if you're you know offended by it somehow let me know I, because I'm looking for understanding and further context to this because this is – I only have my own, uh, you know, my own subjective experience for this. So if it is dead over, uh, I, I would say make the most of what you have here. You know, I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a, a religious leader or an instructor of any kind. I'm just one person sitting in front of a microphone uh, talking to the world at large because it might help. Uh, if it is damaging in some way, let me know and I'll probably stop. But it seems like if there is a way to um, enjoy your life, like at the very least, if you're here, get some dopamine. It feels pretty good. And you know, take onus of it and check out when you want. You know, again, not advocating for suicide. It was mind-blowing to me when I first found out animals are actually capable of committing suicide and that they sadly do do it. Um, That was a real kind of uh, paradigm-shifting thing where I was like, oh, I I never considered that as a possibility, and it kind of forced me to re-examine how I've used some things about, like, consciousness and intention and like uh willfulness and like uh, intentionality of existence this is some weird wild shit i love talking about this stuff (laughs) this is so fun for me selfishly uh thank you for listening if you're listening to this at all but like i don't want it to be this unromantic bland just kind of well i think it's just dead and over like Maybe there's peace in that. I mean, there is some of that when I meditate that, like, I I like that peace of waking up from a very deep sleep in the morning. You know, when I that feeling of I wasn't even dreaming. I was just heavily under in a REM cycle of just I was out. And you just, like, if that's death, if it's just the big sleep, great. <laughs> I mean, that's that's... That sounds pretty restful. It sounds like I won't mind it. You know, I won't be here to object to it. It's it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to not have people when they're gone. I've lost people. I don't mean to make light of it. I just, it happens for everyone and everything, and it will happen for everything. There will be some kind of end somehow. 
whether it's just the heat death of the universe and everything drifts too far apart and the whole existence freezes, or uh, if it's the big crunch and then the big bang and then the big crunch and it's a cyclical thing over and over again, I have no idea, but I'd like to make some semblance out of it and find some joy in the little existence that I have here on this rock. Uh, I think of what uh, Abed, <laughs> Abed said on the community episode about Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is that Christmas can have meaning. You know, the, the meaning of life is that you can give it some meaning, that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a thing. Um, I recently saw a thing online about um, how Christianity, uh, the Islamic faith, and Judaism all share the same basic core deity as what they worship, and then that the grand prophets or who, you know, is the best messenger for God, whether it's Muhammad or Moses or Jesus, it's like agreeing that Domino's is the best kind of pizza and then having violent wars to the death over who the best delivery person is for it. Like, it just is such an absurd missing of the point, you know, that it's... But again, I, I live a very sheltered life here in the middle of America that I... I'm very fortunate that I don't have to fight for that sort of thing, so I don't mean to be, again, callous, dismissive, or anything uh, in that regard. Again, write in, let me know I'm, how I'm falling short, because this is the only way I'll learn. But if, you know, it, it, if this is, if you get one shot, have fun with it. I don't know, make the most of it. Variety seems like a good idea. Repetition seems like... I don't know, could get kind of old, but I'm not going to tell people how to live their life. There's some general agreed-upon rules of, like, I won't hurt you as long as you won't hurt me. My freedom to swing my fist stops at the end of your nose, you know, that kind of adage. But, um, yeah, I just don't like arguing with nerds online, you know. <laughs> there's, there's been some stuff where people have uh, hit out at my personal Twitter account, and it's just like, you know what? Yeah, no, I hear you, and I'm just not going to engage. No thanks. Uh, we're right on the cusp of the latest uh, Star Wars movie coming out here. Um, the Rise of Skywalker, if that puts a temporal stamp on any of this. And already the reviews are contentious, and um, I recently rewatched the previous two, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and uh, yeah, they're fun. That's kind of all I could ask for. The first three Star Wars movies I loved, and I recognize them for what they were. The next three that came along didn't tarnish them because those first three ones still existed as they were. And these next three are, yeah, I mean, just icing on the cake. It doesn't ruin a thing. You know, the old, you're ruining our childhood. No, 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 your childhood was fine. It's done. It's not how uh, time works now. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm giving conflicting statements here. I don't, uh, life is short is what I've been saying a lot lately. Life is short. It's chaos, be kind. Uh, it's not my not my original thought, but that's something that certainly I've taken to heart, that just everybody's struggling with something you don't know about. So just be kind and try to appreciate them for who they are. Um, be forgiving. Talk to yourself as though you would talk to a child. And uh, I've been reading a book about meditation lately that um, made light of the notion of your mind being like a dog that you, you know, when it, it worries about what you're going to have for lunch or what you're going to be doing next week or, you know, a deadline that you have to hit, that you say, stay. Like, just stay here beside me. 
And yeah, you can train a dog to sit by beating it and shouting and depriving it of things, but you could also train a dog in a really positive, reaffirming way that makes the dog your friend and your ally so that you've got something kind to share the world with and share your experience with. I would rather be um, a little softer and rounder in my take on myself because I am incredibly self-critical, as you can no doubt hear while I'm talking to myself and putting this out to the world at large. But while I was digging into all of this, I actually came across another podcast called the Consciousness Podcast, and particularly, uh, no, so it's the Consciousness Podcast with Stuart Peterson, or no, Stuart Preston, reading my notes properly, um, particularly episode seven with Dr. Edward Kelly, uh, who is a professor in the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia. They talk about his books, Irreducible Mind and Beyond Physicalism. It's interesting to hear the conversation kind of go into different examples of what uh, Dr. Kelly has encountered over his entire career of delving into psychology and parapsychology and basically things that we shouldn't allow the brain to do, and yet it still does. And yet almost as like a flip to the coin of what we talked about last week with Consciousness and Death and um, Mary Roach's book, I found myself really just being open to what he had to say about there are things that the mind does that we can certainly trace back to the basic physical roots of it, but there's a lot of things happening that we just don't have a working model for how they happen now, um, and particularly, you know, looking at um, what he refers to as psi uh, activity or phenomena, you know, referring more so to, like, psychic things or mediums or what you know basically all the woo-woo stuff that uh, a lot of dead over people like to dismiss as and you know what i read last week as uh hoaxes and hucksterism and just trying to make a buck or take advantage of people it was interesting to hear the flip side from you know a very um reputable source where just being open to it and studying and seeing what what is this thing that's happening? You know, and looking at how the models of materialism don't necessarily hold up how we think they would when you really start pulling into them. And here's the dead giveaway that I love this stuff. Right off into the interview, I mean, within the first 10 minutes, they mentioned Thomas Nagel's paper, What Is It For A Bat To Be A Bat? I was just like, oh, that's my jam. This is, you know, again, philosophy student just digging into this stuff. But it was just really fascinating to hear the discourse of how we assume the mind to work versus how it actually works when under study and using uh, neuroimaging to basically trace how different things happen and what should be just the cessation of all mental activity and all functioning in the brain and yet there's still some kind of phenomenon happening where people are experiencing something and still having an awareness when basically yeah if this person is dead. This person is over. The lights are off. And yet they are having an attestable experience to come back and say, you know, the equivalent of, yeah, you know, when I died at 1245, well, I heard the doctors talking about it being 1246 and I was still aware. And then you guys restarted my heart and brought me back. Like there are, that's, that's completely made up the point that I just made, but like evidence or, you know, um, 
anecdotal evidence to that end where there is a demonstrable timeline and people talk about these things and then there's basically the strict materialist view that some people have can fall apart. So what are those gaps? What is that weirdness? I love this. What is that? What is that? What is that ephemeral strangeness? I just, it's hard for me to know that that's out there and then also like file my invoices, you know? It's, you have to kind of keep your perspective zoomed properly, otherwise you can't really get stuff done. You know, sometimes you you have to let the vertigo stand elsewhere and just focus on, well, I got to mow the lawn today and, you know, I've got to get dinner on the table for my family and make sure that everything continues to work as it should because I can't just spend my time just daydreaming all the time. Uh, they talk about near-death experiences, um, mediums. They, the, the notion of Aldous Huxley saying that the mind is a filter. Um, you know, the notion of, uh, there was a term for it that they used in the interview that Dr. Kelly used, and I want to say the, the the tuner theory or the radio theory that I can't quite recall. I should have made a note when they were talking about it, but um, that the brain acts as a receiver. Maybe it was receiver theory that. There's something out there, you know, that that we are not the localized thing that we think we are. You know, it certainly feels that we are, or rather I feel that I am, you know, that I'm this thing based in my skull that because my ears are on the outside and my eyes are pointing forward, it feels like my consciousness has a seat in my brain. But what happens when we try to go beyond that? And so there are a number of different episodes I want to listen to of that podcast, of uh, the Consciousness Podcast with Stuart Preston. Um, so I've got my own homework. If you'd like to find them, they're out there. Uh, take a listen. Um, absolutely fascinating stuff, but I just I really found that to be um, of particular interest specifically with this topic. So looking at that then, how quantum physics seems to inform our view of these things one of the things that I've been trying to kind of grapple with is if it's all just little things orbiting bigger things, you know, if it's all, (laughs) this betrays how just straight up ignorant I am, Um, you know, if it's electrons and protons and neutrons, all these little things orbiting around the nucleus and splitting of atoms and how further down we get into indivisible particles of quarks and just gluons and these little teeny tiny things. If it is just little bits and bobbles all the way down, the the illusion of identity or the illusion of separateness is something that I still think is worth looking at within the field of science, that it's very easy and alluring to view yourself as this independent thing but when you get down to it we are much more like uh, the sand on the beach than we are some formidable sharp object thing that our skin sloughs off and we are always regenerating newness uh, new new material new hair new new skin, new layers of cells to replace who we are and that your body cycles through, you know, X amount of years, you're the new person. It's kind of the the ship of Theseus theory where if you 
have a ship and you go on a long trip and over the course of the trip you replace planks of the ship one by one and at the end of the journey you have sequentially replaced every single piece of that ship is it still the same ship that you left the first port in or is that a new ship and if not what what at what point does that change happen that's such a basic and old philosophical problem and yet it's still there, you know? It's not something necessarily to be solved. It's a, it's a thinking exercise that I just... Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? You know? I just... That's why I'd be no good in the philosophy class these days or teaching it for God's sake because I would just be like, isn't this stuff weird? You know? I would just want to get off onto a tangent and just talk about it and be like, all right, now we're all going out for beers. Uh, you know, I just... It wouldn't... <laughs> I'd have a hard time grading papers as long as people got the idea. Um, as I've been... Well, I'll wrap it up here, but I want to leave one final thought. Um, as I've been working on meditating and figuring out how to lead a better life, I've been, like I said, meditating and kind of just working on it, and it's not something that I'm approaching with a goal in mind or you know some kind of intended focus to like meditate for peacefulness or for more creativity it just it's it's almost like just like all right sit and let the steam valve go like just let stuff fall out and don't worry about it and it depending on how well I'm doing with letting my thoughts distract me or not it can feel like there's this thing squirreling around inside of me and the best way I could come up with an image to describe it to my therapist was um the titular alien from the movie Alien, you know, that it's this little snake-like thing writhing around inside of your skull, that your consciousness is this essence that's just, like, running laps in there, like the game Snake on the old cell phones, or, you know, TI-88 calculators, that there's just this thing moving around within these confines, and that's what it feels like on bad days. But on good days, I feel like it's expanding. Like, literally, I it just... It feels like gas or vapor filling a larger space. You know, that it the seat of consciousness is a strange, strange thing, and it causes vertigo to try to break out of it. So I, I want to continue finding out more about consciousness and what what all of this is. Thank you for sticking with me if you have. This has been a half hour of some weird shit, and maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't, but I'm I'm loving digging into this. Um, I, I promise eventually I will get off of this and back onto, you know, something more uh, literal-minded about death. But uh, in the meantime, this has been an absolutely joyous divergence for me. So I hope others have gotten something out of this like I have because this is just so much fun for me. So if you're really listening, thank you. Uh, happy holidays, and uh, we'll see you next week.